0: That music can only mean one thing, it's time for Healthcare in America with Senior Correspondent Donna Smith. Donna, welcome.
1: Thank you very much.
0: It's poison pen time, Donna. Let's listen to this nails on a chalkboard.
2: Okay. We have to address entitlements, otherwise we can't really get our handle on our future debt. There's two things you need to do to get the debt under control. Number one, grow the economy. This tax cut bill will help do that. Number two, reform entitlement programs. It's it's unfortunate that our health care bill, which passed the House last May, didn't get through the Senate, but we need to revisit that issue because that's key entitlement reform. And then back to the welfare issue. Um, We, right now, are trapping people in poverty, and it's basically trapping people on welfare programs, which prevents them from getting the workforce. The problem we're going to have with a faster-growing economy, it's a good problem, is we're going to need more people working. And so we need to work on our welfare program so that we can ease the pathway and reduce the barrier from getting people from welfare to work. That's very significant entitlement reform as well. And so that's something we're going to tackle next year.
0: Coming to a theater near <laughs> you, Paul Ryan's Lord. lie about entitlement reforms. Donna, dispel the myth about this once again. OMG. Yeah, I'm
1: telling you, I listened, I listened to that and I think, you know, seriously. He... Yeah. He has this terrible view of people who are struggling in this country, that they ought to be uh, somehow incentivized to work by having more financial trouble than they already have, trying to just survive. And, you know, to to think you're going to do that on the backs of the most vulnerable people in this country who need access to health care, who need access to disability benefits who need access to those things that they have earned to have as a social safety net, I think is so disingenuous of this man. I I don't know if I could like anyone less than him.
0: The bulk of welfare, as we all know, is women and children. And yet this is the party that is anti-abortion, anti-birth control. But once that baby is in this world, they kiss it goodbye. They don't want anything to do with any children or anybody who needs any help.
1: It just boggles the mind. The family that touts family values as their bedrock doesn't much care about what happens to the elderly most of the time. Oh, that's for sure. And, you know, so I think, okay, how does this work? If, If you don't care about the elderly in your families or in your community, and you don't really care what happens to babies once they're born, do you just care about the wealthy white guys in the middle?
3: Well, I'm still caught up on one thing. We're talking about Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security, and he's talking about the entitlements. But you can see what the design of this whole issue is. And it's anybody who gets anything that he thinks is welfare or a handout
1: absolutely and it's just it's so frustrating to listen to that i think we've all tried for a very long time to say first of all the word welfare has so much negativity attached to it and social security medicare and medicaid should not be thrown in that same bucket i don't think welfare should be in that bucket either but the reality is social security is an earned benefit it is not something that people are are expecting to receive if they didn't pay into it.
0: It's not an entitlement.
1: Exactly. Same with Medicare. Our young people, they don't object to having those things taken out of their paychecks. They know they're going to be taken out. And they know they're helping not only provide for their own futures if the Republicans don't muff it up... But they're also helping provide for generations that are older than them. I've talked to young people about this. The young people get it, and they're okay with
3: it. Of course they are. Now, what do they have in mind? And right now, what are the Republicans busy doing behind the scenes for this 2018 Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security cutting binge?
1: Wonderful questions. You don't hear really direct things that they're saying they're going to do Publicly, What they're starting to do is really keep floating the idea that, oh, my gosh, the deficit is just soaring because of entitlements. And, you know, no matter how many times we say back to them, no, the deficit's soaring because you decided to pass a wealthy tax break for people in this country who didn't need it. And, you know, we're told that Social Security recipients got this small COLA, or cost of living, adjustment this year for the first time in a while. But they also got an adjustment to their Medicare Part B premiums that ate all of that, any benefit they were going to get from a COLA adjustment went towards that increase in Medicare premium. So you're going to see more twists and turns like that. Raising the retirement age even more, you know, it's already going up to 66 and a half. They want to eventually get that to the age of 70. For those of us who've had any physicality in our work and our lives, you know, you kind of look forward to that time that you worked for and tried to make sure that you were responsible about so that's a big concern. Another big concern is the kinds of cuts they will start doing with Medicare instead of what they could do is allow Medicare to negotiate for prescription drug prices well, that's not to gonna, finally gonna put the brakes on what the pharmaceutical companies are allowed to charge us.
3: Donna, how does this look process-wise, though? Do they bring bills? to? Because I don't know.
1: Yes, what they will do is bring bills through the House, likely, So what you're going to see before November, anyway, is little moves by the House, attachments to other pieces of legislation. That we probably won't know about. A lot we probably won't know about unless we stay very attuned to those people like the nurses, like Social Security Works. I know we've heard from Alex Lawson on this program before, so we have to listen very carefully to those people who are watching and say, hey, you know, when you let us know that something's attached to a bill and moving forward, we want to jump on that, because Ryan has now said that it's going to have to be incrementally this year because of the midterms. Well, how awful is that? You're going to hang back until November because you want everybody to vote for you and you can You'll be able to tell them, oh, no, I didn't cut anything for you. And then right after the election, go after people. We have to make sure we stay on top of this. Mm-hmm. I can only
0: take so much of this before I i, I just I find it hard to breathe.
1: So on,
0: an, on another note, <laughs> I wanted to get to you had a very interesting haircut recently. <laughs> I and, did. and I would love for you to tell that story.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I didn't know whether to be amused, angry, yes, offended. Yes, or me. insulted went, or whatever. I, I, many people who know me know I'm not a woman who sits a lot of time in a, a hairstylist chair anyway, <laughs> yes. but I, I went because I finally decided I had butchered my own bangs enough. And so she's cutting away, she's got the scissors and the clippers, and she leans over into my ear and whispers, You know, we need to cut a little more off the back there. You don't want to have a gay hairstyle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because God only knows what would happen if you had a gay hairstyle thought, oh my God, there in have Denver. We don't have what the heck. I, I,
3: thought, I thought it what? would have been the opposite. She cut too much, you'd have gay hair. <laughs> well, the laughter here is good, but we've got one more quick question before we go. Sure. The National Single Payer Healthcare Movement looks good. There's lots of things happening. Talk about Keith Ellison sponsoring SB 676.
1: This is really wonderful news. Keith Ellison, the the deputy chair of the DNC, but also terrific congressman from the state of Minnesota, has agreed to be the new lead sponsor of H.R. 676 on the House side. And this is really wonderful news for the single-payer Medicare for All movement. Keith Ellison has been a single-payer supporter his entire time in Congress. He has been just a a wonderful advocate for single-payer. And as many of the listeners will know, John Conyers was taken out of this role uh, because of the sexual harassment things that came up in his office, and uh, he has retired from Congress. And so this was just such great news for all of us. We have more co-sponsors than ever before on 676, up over 125. This is fabulous stuff. And that, I think, reflects the fact that we have to move to a Medicare for All model in this country. We don't have a choice The costs are going to eat uh, families and individuals alive, and we want to have a health care system that reflects that we are genuinely decent people to one another in this country, regardless of who's sitting in the White House. I hear you,
0: and and I'm a firm believer that in 2018 we are going to flip the House and Senate. It's going to be Democratic, and we need to flip it just before we fall off the cliff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I read an article just yesterday that came out of California saying that more young people than ever before, who aren't even 18 yet, but will be before the November elections, are going to get registered, and they are going to vote in November. And you don't think they're going to vote for this ridiculous situation that's happening under Ryan and McConnell and Trump, do you? No. Uh, and I and agree.
0: And, and what happened in Florida, in the most pro-NRA state in the country, those kids were able to affect a change that we've never seen before
1: absolutely gave me great hope to see that Rick Scott got put in a corner where he had to do signing the bill, or he was going to have great trouble. And there's no greater friend of the NRA than Rick Scott. So if the kids could do it in Florida, they can help bring us to a different place in November. And thank you to those young people for rising up and standing.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Donna. Uh, We want to thank you for your time and also for your time as an activist and as a possible gay woman. (laughs)
1: Proudly so on
3: all fronts. Thank you. Bye. We've been talking with Healthcare in America Senior Correspondent Donna Smith. Donna is also the Executive Director for Progressive Democrats of America. For more information about these topics, visit nursetalksite.com, pda.org, and nationalnursesunited.org.